cliffcentral.com. Let's turn our attention to something we all want to talk about, and we did discuss briefly last week, and it's something that uh, Dr. Hanan has some strong opinions on too. So this is what we do on a Monday morning. We, we have something called It's Going to Be Okay with Dr. Hanan Bushkin, and he is someone who can speak with authority on mental health, and there have been a lot of pedestrians who've been talking about mental health in the last little while, uh, people who really aren't necessarily more qualified or able to discuss it in a sensible and objective way. Uh, and everybody's got an opinion on things like Simone Biles, which is the big story of the Olympics last week. It's amazing. There was this cartoon where they and, showed... And today, she, still. she's declined another two events today. Well, there's this great cartoon that I saw over the weekend of you know the person who came first, second, and third in the various events that she would have participated in. And then she's doing this this leap right over them with a mental health podium. And we've got to talk about whether or not this is something we need to take seriously or whether it's something silly and also whether or not it's it's a story that affects many of us or whether it just affects Simone Biles. And the only person I could think of to really help us navigate this is Dr. Hanan Bushkin. He's with us now and we're going to chat to him about the importance of mental health and whether or not there is a very good case to be made for someone who's able to ascertain that they're not in control of a situation and that they remove themselves from it and whether that isn't actually the best possible way to understand mental health. So here he is, Dr. Hanan, nice to see you. How are you? Nice to see you guys. I'm great. How are you? Good. Makes our Monday better to know that you're going to be here. So we talk about mental health every week here on the show. First of all, I think a lot of people think they know what that means, but they don't. Um, and maybe you can explain that to us. Uh, I saw a, a YouTube clip of, of yours where you explain it very well. And then we can talk a little bit about quitting and whether or not quitting is just weakness and, 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 you know, a lack of, of, uh, of, of strength or character or, or courage or whether being able to do what Simone Biles did is actually a great statement of how we should all be thinking about ourselves. So you, you start us off on mental health because it seems to me this definition is getting broader and broader by the day. And uh, that's actually the issue. The issue is that when you define mental health in such broad strokes, you actually you think you're doing it much service. You think you're destigmatizing it, but all you're doing is completely stigmatizing it. Um, us as human beings, we don't like things that we don't understand. No. And if you're defining something in broad, in, in a broad way or with using broad brushstrokes, then naturally people want to move away from it because we don't understand it. So certainly mental health is way too much of a broad statement because what does it mean? And I'll take it a step further. When we define depression and anxiety and bipolar, or any other diagnosable condition, what does it mean as well? It's, um, so people think they're doing this, um, it's called the mental health worries. They think they're doing this a great service by saying, I'm depressed and I'm proud and I'm anxious and I'm proud and I'm owning it. Mm. But my opinion is you're actually stigmatizing it because you're putting forward a description that people do not understand. So I've raised this also before, these, you know. Also, the, these people these people who do that, you call them mental health warriors. That's an interesting new term we'll use in our lexicon from now on. But these people are very often the very worst advertisement for this condition. I mean, they, they are precisely the people no one wants to be, and most of them are completely self-absorbed and not necessarily on top of any of the terminology they use. They're just climbing onto a bandwagon very often. Completely. 
Completely. And the problem is that, again, when you're using a term such as I'm depressed and therefore that gives me permission to do X, Y, and Z, I'm anxious and that gives me permission to do X, Y, and Z, the truth is, no, it doesn't work that way because we all human beings at some point are going to go through depression and anxiety and insecurity and guilt and frustration and anger and resentment. That is life. But the moment it starts affecting you and the people around you in a way that is consequential, Mm -hmm. that's when it becomes a problem. Let's remove away. Let's move away from it's a mental health issue. I'm saying it becomes a problem to you. So back in the in the 1950s, some doctors came along and said, let us group together a bunch of symptoms and give it names so we can control it better. That's the medical model of doing things. Mm-hmm. But the, in reality, psychology doesn't work that way. Because if you take, as an example, somebody that's suffering from a medical condition, uh, let's just say they've got laryngitis, and you present this case to 100 doctors. And you say to these 100 doctors, this 21-year-old male has got laryngitis. All 100 would know what you're talking about, and all 100 will probably agree on a treatment protocol. Mm -hmm. But if you take a term such as depression, and you turn to 100 psychologists, and you go, this 21-year-old male has got depression, all 100 would not know what the hell you're talking about, and all 100 will disagree on a treatment protocol protocol which does which does does nothing to help psychologists with credibility either or the patient or the patient correct or the patient because to diagnose you with the symptom as opposed to the cause does nothing to you and does nothing to the people perceiving you so for example Mm. i'm suggesting that if you turn to somebody and you go you're suffering from grief because of the loss of your father that is a lot more palatable and understandable right. than you're suffering from depression. Because the moment, again, you, you say this person suffers from depression, society goes, I don't know what that means. That is a sickly disease. Is that contagious? Get that away from me. But if you turn to someone and go, this person has just lost their dad, who he was very close to, right. and he's suffering from grief, everybody's like, okay, I'm good with that. And I'm happy to help and show empathy and sympathy to that person. Right. So... With regards to this notion of she quit because of her mental health, again, all these mental health warriors jump on on the bandwagon and said, well done. And I'm saying, hold on one second. What does it mean? And I urge everybody and I challenge everybody to go, when somebody turns to you and say, I'm suffering from a mental health issue, you turn to them and you go, what does it mean? Define that for me. Mm -hmm. And of course, listen, they've got the right to tell you to piss off. And that's perfect. Mm -hmm. Nobody should, should be forced to tell you what that means for them. But I challenge everybody, if you're suffering from a mental illness, to define what does it mean to you, not the symptoms, but rather what is the cause of it, because that is that will empower you to go and deal with it. So, Dr. Hanan, you've given me a lot to think about in, in the last couple of seconds. And what you're saying is hugely important. And I hope that anyone who's listening to this who's still unsure of what you're talking about listens to it again, because I think you've been quite clear. But because mental health is this numinous thing which is so ill-defined and everybody thinks they have a definition of it and they all think that their definition is the right one and they appropriate to themselves the ability to define their own ups and downs and their own mood swings and their their own state of being human and they think that that is all that is required as a definition 
And they go out into the world and they tell other people, I have X or Y mental health condition because sometimes it's just something to talk about. Certainly on social media, that seems to be the case. When someone like Simone Biles decides for herself that she's in, I mean, I don't know whether she's been talking to doctors. None of us know. None of us have these details, right? Neither should we. It's personal. Um, but she decided that it also needed to be public because she made that the reason that she pulled out of various events at the Olympics. I understand that if, if she was not in her best possible frame of mind in order to win, that it probably wasn't worth her going through some fairly dangerous maneuvers, even though she's an absolute expert at this, if she wasn't feeling 100%. Just like if you weren't feeling 100% and you were about to bungee jump, you might pull out, right? I mean, all of us have that ability to, to be able to judge for ourselves, listen, this is not going to go well for me if I force myself to go through with this. But there is this question of quitting. There's this question of bravery because we're now led to believe that it is courageous of her to have done what throughout human history has been the opposite of courage, to pull out, to hide away, to get out, to run, to, to seek refuge, or to just take a chill pill and to sit on the sidelines. How do we fix this, what seems like a dissonance? So um, I had this conversation with, um, with a friend of mine last week, and he, when the story broke out that Simone quit due to a mental illness. Yeah. And I said to this friend, I don't believe it for one second. I do not believe it for one second because she has proven herself at the highest level. She's done this before. She's a gold winning, uh, medal winning athlete. There's no ways that she quit because of a mental illness. And um, I was sent an article early, early this morning. I haven't had a chance to go through it properly that apparently she stopped because of what she suffered from what is termed the twisties, which is actually a physical condition where you, it's almost like a vertigo where you can't orient yourself, uh, which is understandable because right. the truth is if you, if we said that she quit because of a broken neck, well, that would be understandable. We would go good for you, of course. So if she quit because of a physical reason, which makes sense to me, that, that I completely applaud. And of course, listen, nobody wants to see her get injured, certainly her and the people closest to her. But there's no way she quit because of a mental illness. She's got big match temperament, and she's proven it over and over and over again. But again, this notion of this broad breaststroke of I've got a mental health issue, uh, and therefore I've got the right to leave is, is a little bit flawed. And again, I challenge everybody to not use the term mental illness. The way I want us to think about it, and I put a post on uh, on, the, on the Instagram about this, I want you to think about um, an issue when your environment overwhelms your skill set. Mm -hmm. So when your environment is stronger and more complex and more evolved than your skill set, then we have an issue. So naturally what we would do, we would either control the environment or up our skill set. We would naturally change the environment or up our skill set. That's the way it works to feel in control over our environment. Mm -hmm. But sometimes that's not possible. But sometimes that's not possible. And I'll give you, obviously, an extreme analogy. If a lion came into the room, that's my environment, and my skill set is over there, clearly mm -hmm. me leaving the room would be the cleverest thing to do. You wouldn't call me a quitter. You wouldn't say this person doesn't, uh, doesn't have bravery. As a matter of mm -hmm. fact, he's the cleverest person on earth because his intention is to survive. He knows he can't tackle the environment. He knows his, his skill set is no more complex than the environment, and therefore leaving is 100% appropriate. So I challenge anybody, 
to ask yourself, can you one, change the environment or one, can you up your skill set? And if the answer is no and no, then leaving is 100% appropriate and probably the most intelligent thing you can do for sure. Yeah, I like that. That makes a lot of sense to me. Um, I just want to bring up what Michael says here in the comments. Michael says, most mental health issues are emotional at their core and therefore not mental. The mental aspect is a symptom and seldom a cause. What do you think of that? So I would tweak it. The truth is the emotional part is a symptom of something. So when the lion comes into this room, obviously my brain perceives that lion as dangerous and then my body starts reacting my adrenaline, cortisol, all the chemicals necessary for me to survive, and then emotional fear comes up as well. So the first comes the mm. perception of the danger, your body reacts, which is a symptom of the actual trigger. You also said something else just now that I'd like to interrogate a little bit. You said you don't believe, when you heard the story about Simone Biles, you don't believe she had a real mental health issue. Now, you can say that because you're Dr. Hanan Bushkin and you're you're you're, you're trained in mental like, illness and, and that kind of thing. If I say that, I'm called everything else under the sun. Now, there are lots of people I don't believe when it comes to these topics because I think a lot of it is about self-absorption. Um, I think a lot of it is about people who are just genuinely full of themselves and completely uh, obsessed with their own internal condition. And this has become navel- and self-diagnosis. And, is another absolutely, issue. and and navel gazing, frankly, and it gets you points in society these days. You know, you look at Simone Biles; she's a much bigger name now than she would have been if she just won gold, because she did something dramatic, and people all over the world who aren't doing anything dramatic but feel, oh, well, I also have the issue that Simone Biles have. They all feel good about themselves, so she's upped her. Her social cred. I mean, you've seen this with Prince Harry. You've seen it with a number of other people. Suddenly, when you claim to have a mental health issue, then people go, oh, shame. That's incredible because they have mental health issues or they think they do. Well, what does it mean? Again, I challenge you. What does it mean? And I'm not saying, by the way, that Simone Biles did not have mental health issues. Who knows who was giving her advice? But what I refuse to believe is that she quit because of her mental health yeah. issues. I don't believe that because history has shown that she can, I mean, listen, apparently she's been raped by her coach or sexually abused she, by her coach many she years didn't ago. She bring that up at all as a reason, by the way. That, that, that's so, uh, but my point is, if anything was going to cause you to quit, it certainly would have been that event in the previous Olympics, but she didn't. No. So my take was that I'm not saying she wasn't suffering because of X, Y, and Z. I don't know her history, but I refuse to believe that she quit because of her mental health issues. And today's article uh, prove that it was a physical thing, not certainly not a mental thing. All right. So, uh, Dr. Hanan, I just wanted to uh, ask you, uh, a friend of mine had, a, you, you know, we had, we had a, I don't know, she, she, she had a little bit of a meltdown when I said this yesterday, and I'd like to hear what your thoughts are. I think there's a dissonance as well in this, is that my thing is I, I love sportsmen. They are my heroes. So Simone Biles, all-timer, is. But um, I proposed this to her. I said, why are we more empathetic to millionaires who maybe have the softest life imaginable, like sportsmen have the softest life. Why is it the outpouring is that? And nobody ever says the guy under the bridge, the woman under the bridge who's on drugs, and we all know now most people on drugs are self-medicating, is that there's no outpour of empathy in that direction. So I'm concerned that, like, what is this outpouring towards a gajillionaire 
who quite frankly has the softest life in the world versus the person next to you? Why, why is it that we look at these figures and we're so much nicer to these people? And mm. like she couldn't understand because the, the argument immediately goes to, oh, well, she's giving permission to everybody else. But I go, <laughs> just forget about that for a second. Is, hello, what about the man under the bridge? I, I've, I know this person I'm talking about is, I've never seen you stop and ask them and, and outpour the empathy on social media for them to say, my God, the, the, the mental, this person's mental health led to them living under a bridge. How come that doesn't, ha- nobody's having that conversation? And I worry that we're headed to the praise of, of, of celebrities to that point. Hero worship. I think, I, th- I think we, I think we over that already in Bolelo. You know, the, it's human nature. We like to make sense of our world. We like to feel control. And therefore we do two things. We group things, we put things in categories. And then we put a hierarchy to things. We say this is more valuable than that. Mm-hmm. And in society, we come together as a unit and we go, certain things are way more valuable than others. So money is more valuable, uh, more valuable than, let's call it kindness. And celebrities are way more valuable than homeless people under a bridge. And people that are influencers on social media are more valuable than people that have three followers. So we put value to these things. In the real world, it doesn't really matter. In the real world, the fact that you have a million followers doesn't make you more influential in my world than somebody that's, you know, has three followers in my world. But society has graded these. They say this is more valuable than that. So to answer your question, your society says, well, millionaires are a lot more valuable to us than people living under, under the bridge. And I challenge everybody to speak to a person that doesn't have money and to mm-hmm. speak to a person that has three followers and to speak to a person that in society is valued less and you'll see that actually you will gain a lot more from them and their knowledge than the person that you perceive to be this, this mentor, this godly life figure. The greatest lesson I've ever learned, certainly one of them was, you know, back in the day before I started studying, I, I was teaching cricket uh, to little youngsters. And this, uh, one of the exercises was to bounce a ball on a bat just to get your eye in. Mm-hmm. And after this exercise, I turned to each one of the kids that were about six years old, and I said to kid one, how many do you bounce? And he said, three. How many, the second one, how many do you bounce? Four, five, four, three, two. The one kid said 50. I said to this kid, I don't believe you. And he said, I did. I said, I don't believe you. Don't lie to me. And he pulls out the cricket bat and he's bouncing it over and over and over. And he must have made maybe even 60. And at that point, the six-year-old made me feel this small. <laughs> and I realized you never judge anyone you take your value and you throw it your value or your hierarchy uh, ladder and you throw it in the trash you take every human as a human being that has value to offer for sure wow so that's an impressive kid so how long did you coach that kid <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah i quit that afternoon <laughs> you quit that no, afternoon quit. No? yeah no no it wasn't for me well, that's brilliant. Okay, what a, what a great story to end it on, Dr. Hanan. Always good to have you on, and um, I hope we'll speak to you again next Monday. There's also nice an opportunity if anybody has anything that you want particularly and seriously and individually addressed by Dr. Hanan. You don't mind us; uh, we'll call you anonymous if you if you'd prefer, and we can deal with and unpack specific issues. Issues we want to make this useful. We don't just want to make it a general discussion, and we don't just want to be talking in general terms about mental health. We want to find real ways of making your life better and making you understand some of the more complex issues that are going on in your brain chemistry, in your world, in your control. Those things, the the ones that we want to address with Dr. Hanan. So next week, let us know what's up on your mind. Gareth at cliffcentral.com, and I'll pass it on to Dr. Hanan.
If you'd like to be anonymous, you just tell us and we'll keep it anonymous. It's that easy. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks, Dr. Hanan. Thanks, guys. Good to see, see you. See you next week. There we go. Very good. Cliffcentral.com.